So could it, should I just go? Ooh, I love my wife. Just play a little bit of it, just for fun. <laughs> just to give the guy wife. another stream. <laughs> Ooh, I, I love, love my wife. wife. I, I love, love my wife. wife. Ah! You're getting too wife. good at the bad good act. <laughs> My wife's real young, my wife's real small. Let's go to the beach and play with the beach ball. Praise Jesus God and my wife. Let's go to the beach and ride a bike. Ooh, I love my wife. I love my wife. Okay, anyways, um, I don't want to get too much into the Chance the Rapper because we will get there eventually, but I just wanted everyone who isn't on Twitter to experience that because I'm pretty sure everybody on Twitter already has experienced it. But anyways, um, welcome to Backtrack. I'm Em. I'm Jay. And we are going to get right into it, starting with some singles. The first one, Code of the Friend and Troop Brand. Troop Brand. Oh, yeah, I said that right. Troop Brand. Um, have a new single, Cherry Trees. And it's great. You know, I like Code of the Friend. And this mm-hmm. single's out. And it's a great Stone Fruit Season Jam. We are <laughs> all Stone Fruit <laughs> A bad start, objectively. What What do you got? You I shouldn't have started with that. What do you have? Um, okay, so Big Sean is right. back. Yes. Um, everyone was, like, freaking out about it, although I will admit I am too young to, like, freak out about it as much as other people are freaking out about it. Um, what? Wait, why do you feel like you're too young? Because, like, I wasn't standing. That's not a function of your age. Is it? I mean, I kind of think it is, because, like, there was a very long period of time where he wasn't releasing music. Yes. Man. Well, I feel old now, but okay, continue. <laughs> Anyways, um, Single Again is really, um, it's T, obviously, since he, like, broke up with Janae Aiko, but also right. it's a really good song, and I honestly think that it's a very good and mature breakup song, you know, like... You know, it could have been like it. Maybe it's also my fault and I'm just going to like figure myself out instead of being like, yeah, all of my exes are stupid and bad and dumb and I'm sane and they're all crazy. I mean, he does say that he's past the I don't fuck with you stage because, you know, you know that song, right? Because that is a great. Just making sure we we know the history there. Yeah. Not that 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 was not about Janae Aiko, but yeah, that was from Santana from Glee. Oh my god, why would you say that? That's what, I know, I forget what her name is. <sighs> why would you say that? Why would you bring up Glee in this case? <laughs> I'm sorry. Why would you bring up Glee? I'm sorry, that's just what I know her as. <laughs> um, okay, moving on. We're on to, like, what are we doing right now? Like, we're... <laughs> we're making a pod, yes. <laughs> this isn't good. <laughs> um, okay, Tyga, YG, and Blueface have a song called Bop, and I just thought it was, like, crazy that three different artists from that are actually the same artists from different space-time continuums allowed themselves to be witnessed together in the same place. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't think that, but as soon as I heard Blueface, like, collaborate with the two of them, I was like, oh, my God, like, Blueface is, like, Tyga and YG put together for 2019. And so... A little bit pretzels is the same, but, like, I'm happy that, like, the three musketeers are, like, hanging out with each other. Um, also, IDK, the rapper from Maryland, <laughs> yes. has a new song called 24, and I really like it. You know, I really like IDK. It's a huge flex to name yourself something like IDK because that's banking on the fact that you're going to get big enough that you will show up before the literal phrase IDK in the Google search results. Yeah. 
but he's doing it. I just, I really like his flow. It's really different. I mean, it's not like there are other rappers that are, you know, he didn't like invent his flow necessarily, but I feel like it's really different from like the trends. And so I enjoy that. And it's very intense. Like, I feel like when I listen to an IDK song, he's like, making unbreaking eye contact with me <laughs> and I'm like okay I'm listening um and then what else oh Channel Trace and JPEG Mafia have a song and I don't really know how to describe it it's kind of like deep lounge trap <laughs> question mark let me just sh- let me show you I love how it's like just a sub yep but wait it, it, it eventually becomes loungy hold on Right here, do you hear that? Where it's like, uh-uh. Do you see what I'm saying? These like tiny little synths in the back that make it like kind of loungy or like echoey. I don't know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I feel like JPEG Mafia is an amazing addition to this like Channel Trace production because JPEG Mafia, I feel like I know most of the collaborations with Flume and Injury Reserve. Mm-hmm. So fully like weird rapper kind of vibe yeah and so i feel like that fits really well with this production and i just thought it was sick i agree that's it um so brock hansen released their first single off of their upcoming album ginger uh it is called i've been born again and i feel like they're honestly kind of bouncing back from iridescence right now because uh they said that it didn't really get the reception that they wanted it to get Mm. Which honestly, I like kind of agree with like, irida- like iridescence didn't really live up to the the saturations like, fame, mm-hmm. and so I feel like this fits a little bit more with the nineteen nineties songs, nineteen ninety nine wildfire, nineteen ninety eight Truman, those oh, ones. Oh yeah, and I like that mostly because those ones are my favorite songs, mm-hmm. um, by them to date. Basically, the song is like pretty cool, really good outro from Matt Champion really just kind of like hoping that ginger is like a really good album that's kind of all i have to say about it because i assume that they're gonna like surprise drop some more singles and whatever. yeah yeah how they do um speaking of albums there was like five quadrillion of them or something oh yes there um, were. and i feel like we talked about the singles at the beginning even though it was like a shit show but we did it or i chose wanted to do it because i didn't want them to get like lost in all of the albums yeah so here we go. First one. Let's just get it out of the way. Are we gonna chance the go rapper? Go to the beach and play with the beach ball. We are. We're at the beach. <laughs> beach balls being played with at this very moment. Um, what is there to say? It's so long. It's twenty-two songs. Do, I don't. I don't feel like I need to really give a background on this. I mean, he released an album called Coloring Book in twenty sixteen. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I feel like everyone's like listened to part of it or whatever. Like the people yeah. who are like, this I mean, album okay. has been processed by the but, by the, the public. World. So you know, basically, it's been getting some bad reviews. Anthony Fantano gave it a zero out of ten, which is so effing funny. But I feel like a lot of what the album is, besides being summed up completely by that intro track. The I love my wife, like, yes, I do, whatever, is in, like, I think the first song he talks about how, like, this is the first album he's made where every song could be the outro. And I was like, that's true. Hmm. Like, that's accurate. 
And the beginning songs I thought were like a lot stronger. And I was like, wow, what would the outro, like if this is the outro, what would the rest of the album have looked like? And now that I've listened to the whole album, every song as an outro, whatever that album was, (laughs) is better than this one. You know, like, if you took Do You Remember, you know that Death Cab for Cutie song? Yeah. And we're like, what would that album be with that as the outro? Yeah. Impactful album. You know what I mean? Like, you can go through, and, like, I agree with him that you could put any of those songs at the end, but, like, that's a lot of, like, sappy sentimentality to put throughout an entire album. Like, he's right. It could be an outro, and that's not a good thing, because then it just gets into, like, corny territory. Yeah. And that's, I think, what the thing that people are making fun of. And honestly, like, if I'm being honest with myself, I haven't really gotten tired of the album necessarily because I'm only listening to, like, a couple of songs and I just listen to them not on repeat. I'm not going through the whole album. Yeah. Because, like, I, f- I feel like it's kind of too much to just go I mean, through I, the... I get that. And I just feel like this album was probably something that he just made for him and his wife. Yeah, Which exactly. isn't a problem necessarily, but, like, your wife may love it, but don't expect your fans to love it because you just made it for your wife. And exactly. I hope his freaking wife is a fan of Nicki Minaj because that is the only reason I can think of to have not one but two Nicki Minaj features. <laughs> I was like, why is she back again? <laughs> like, yeah. what is happening? Every um, single time she showed up, I was like, this song could be good, but like, yeah. why is she here? <laughs> you know, and I think like he he didn't have a bad idea when he was like, oh, I want this to be like a wedding out. Like this was like all the songs. This is how I felt when I was at my wedding. But like, dude, take it like one step further. Make a general purpose wedding album. Yeah. You know, like there are songs that get played at every wedding. You know, at, maybe you could collaborate with like Mary J. Blige, Alicia Keys, Raheem Devon, Music Soulchild, D'Angelo, Stevie Wonder. Raphael, like, these are all people, like, he could have gotten. Yeah. And if he actually had, like, an Earth, Wind, and Fire song, that would be earth-shattering. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. like what Beyonce did for Before I Let Go mm-hmm. could have been, like, this album for weddings. Mm-hmm. And I feel comfortable having that standard because I feel like he did such a good job incorporating genres into Coloring Book that I feel like it could have been that, you know? Yeah whatever like it's it's fine it's fine but despite what people say I feel like the album's not a zero like yeah. I did I could find songs that I liked on it like Ball and Flossin so good is catchy why wasn't Sean Mendes always a fucking house artist I don't know it's he really, should have been like I arguably think like it's a chance the rapper feature he doesn't even come in until like a minute and 30 seconds yeah. in and then I'm like oh it's nice to see you here like who who is this <laughs> <laughs> like so that's fine um and honestly like found a good one is catchy like, it's I, not a very good chance the rapper song, necessarily, and but like, it's a good song. Yeah, song? like, given the context of the intro song, like, I can see how, like, people might feel about it. But, like, that one's really fun. I, I actually really like that. And the fact that it, like, goes into the full, like, SoFlo juke, like, outro thing. Like, yeah. I wish that that was, like, a separate, like, song that was also cool. But, like, I liked that that was there. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, The other moment that... I liked and I just want to make a note of is when he says I'm trying to book a show at the Dimsdale Dimmodome. Oh yeah. And I died to thank you Doug Dimmodome, owner of the Dimsdale Dimmodome for That's sponsoring. Right. <laughs> That's right. Doug Dimmodome, owner oh, no, of the, the Dimsdale Dimmodome. He should have said it like that. Yeah. Then everybody would have loved the album. <laughs> True. Um okay, that's that. 
Shouts out to Doug Demodome. What else happened? Okay, YBN Corday. Um, he just put out an album called Lost Boy, and I really thought he was just like some dude with the YBN collective, like, okay, whatever, concurrently selected as like XXL freshman class. Like, fine. I think I just assumed that he was like in the current trend of rap. Mm-hmm. And I was so wrong. I guess I also heard Bad Idea, the Chance the Rapper single, before oh, yeah. the album came out. Yeah. Um, but to me, like, this album really solidifies him as like a genuinely introspective storyteller who is like still really fun and entertaining kind of like bouncy fun dude um I love the instrumentals on this album like family matters way back home R&P broke as fuck been around all of them are like way 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 more vulnerable and like a softer touch than I was expecting and like I guess I well I guess I wasn't really sure what I was expecting but been around let me play that because it is a beautiful example of like how vulnerable this dude is and how like mature like every all of these thoughts are for a debut album you find yourself like as a lost boy yep i kind of want to watch a cypher no mother i think i could do better He's like 21. Sometimes life's about like, can you imagine you know. making this? Watching the flower bloom as its features will grow. I mean, I've never been. I'm sure it will make it work. Cause I've been and this is like not a feature vocalist. Like, that's like him. Yeah. Like, that's amazing. Like, Rich Brian, we'll get to that album in a hot sec, but like, Rich Brian's gonna look back on Rich Brian's album and be like, this is a good album because it represents how I felt at that time, not my artistic peak, but it was a real picture of where I was. You know what I mean? Like when you look at a candid picture and you're like, this isn't like beautifully composed, but this like feels how that felt. Yeah. Like that's how Rich Brian's gonna feel. YBN Corday is gonna be like, this is how I felt and damn if it isn't packaged amazingly. Yeah. Like this is like, I will listen to this for years to come. Like, obviously, the instrumental and the bars are amazing, but I feel like the way they complement each other is very special. Like, the instrumental, it it moves out of the way. You know, like, the clouds part so you can just, like, listen to YBN (laughs) Cordette. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of thought that was, like, put behind this. Um, But that is not to say that everything's, like, cute, happy, like, feel-good shit. Because Family Matters is, like, extremely intense. And then Nightmares Are Real was also kind of, like, about his childhood, but also was the best Pusha T collaboration that I've heard in, like, a hot second. Because I feel like Pusha T, we talked about this with Anderson Pack, and it's come up on, I think, the Freddie Gibbs album, Benny the Butcher. Like, Pusha T's been... Ah, was Pusha T on the Freddie Gibbs album? Whatever. It's not important. But my point is that when you put Pusha T on a song, I feel like it becomes like that, you mm. know, like that is like the quality of his voice. Like, you know, his little like yuck feature thingy. <laughs> no, he does that. He does that. Okay. Um, but I felt like this song, it was like Pusha like adjusted himself to be on this song. Like at one mm. point I was like, is that like, I mean, he has an iconic voice. So I was like, of course it's Pusha T. But like to some extent I was like, who is this? And then he did his like yuck thing. And I was like, all right, confirmed this is the, the verse. Um, and it was just beautiful the way that they like worked together really well. Um, like it was by no means, oh, up and comer gets like really intense rapper to feature. It was like an actual true pure collaboration. Yeah. Um, oh, it also happened with the gold link album. Remember that push a feature where oh, it just like completely yeah. changed. Anyways. Um, yeah, I love this album. I love like the timing of everything. Like it was well paced. Weirdly, I didn't love the outro 
Huh. Yeah. You love an outro. I know. I do love an outro, but it was supposed to be like lost and found. And so when I saw the title of the song, I was like, song. I was like, I love this because, you know, like the album's Lost Boy, Lost and Found. Yeah. So yeah, full circle. Yeah. But the way that it was mixed, it's supposed to have like these little kind of like victorious, brassy sounding like feel to it. Mm-hmm. Like think of like a Meek Mill sort of situation. Okay, yeah. I think Meek Mill is on this. Honestly, that Meek Mill feature would have been a good outro too. My point is though... That I feel like the way the um, song was mixed, it like took all the life out of the brass. Mm. And so it just sounded like, I don't know, it just like compared to the rest of the album, it sounded a little weird. But, you know, it's always good to have something to work on going into the next album, you know? So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, okay, more albums. Uh, yes. So Toby Lou's album Live on Ice has released. Um, Toby Lou is one of my favorite rappers, just like generally Mm -hmm. and um i have to say that i'm actually a little bit disappointed by this album (laughs) okay i'm just like being honest like i i liked waterboy so much um and i have always really liked toby lou and i thought that like toby lou and the juice uh yeah the previous like larger project it was only eight songs but like it's one of the other larger projects was really really good and i was kind of like Waterboy kind of fit into that aesthetic, so I felt like this album might just be, like, a continuation of that aesthetic, and then mm-hmm. it kind of didn't end up Toby living Lou's up to that expectation. Toby was just trying to explore. Yes, correct. Let um, Toby live life. Okay, okay. I think it's more that, like, the sound on the album wasn't as cohesive as I wanted it to be. Mm. Like, there were the songs that were like Waterboy and that felt more like Toby Lou and the Juice, like, I feel like Ice Cream Girl also, like, fit into that aesthetic. But then there were also songs like Sometimes I Ignore You Too that were, like, way heavier and way, like, slower mm-hmm. um, that I felt kind of were a lot different than what I was expecting. And, like, because the song, the album is just, like, a lot of songs, like, I felt like it was just, like, I was listening to, like, two projects that were, like, being weirdly interspersed with each other. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Um, so, like, all that being said, I, like, did really enjoy that album, and so there were, like, a lot of songs that I liked. My favorites were probably Ice Cream Girl was, like, the biggest one. Smiling at my phone, because that one's relatable. Um, Cute. Favorite Substitute, and Looped Up, and 17 CG, which is, like, 17 CG is the bonus track that's, like, an outro. It has, like, a really fun little, like... We love an outro. ...break in the end. <laughs> But I'm just going to play Ice Cream Girl because that's the one that I wish the whole album was like. (laughs) I mean, I also feel like it's okay to be sad. Like, allow Toby Lou to say things like, sometimes I ignore you too and be sad. I mean, yes, but, like, he has done that before. Like in You've like, already been sad, no, Toby Lou. No, I'm not I'm not saying that like he's not allowed to be sad anymore because he did that already. I'm saying that like he's like he has made songs that are like that that also fit into the aesthetic. Like I would oh, okay. argue that like favorite substitute is like that when he says I've been dead inside since twenty fourteen. Yes. But okay. like the style is still like consistent. Okay. Or like okay, Saturday. Okay, 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 okay. Just play your song. From Toby Lewis Juice is also like that. <laughs> also, just like there are a lot of like trademark unique like Toby Lou things on this. Like the song where he says, Little Blankets for Your Feet, in parentheses, socks. <laughs> Wait, where's the 
Steven Universe part. I think I just oh, that's him smiling at my phone. I can oh, play that damn. too. song that like riffs off of a weird adventure time like rap question mark wow <laughs> i love that um okay so speaking of kind of like weird rappers a little bit but like weirder um tisa korean did we, like, confirm that that's how you say it? I mean, we yeah, didn't con- I think okay, so. Okay, cool. Um, like, The Groceries with Chance the Rapper, that yes. person, um, has, like, an album. It's nine songs in 18 minutes. So, like, that's kind of, like, what we're looking at. But I had never listened to a full, like, Tisa Korean project before, and I literally feel like if you put, like, some, like, wobbly Snapchat filter on Kyle as, like, a person <laughs> and only allowed that... <laughs> creation to use metaphors relating to food and then if you took one of Amine's producers and like shrunk it down into like an 8-bit Lego version of itself and then you took like Pierre Bourne's tag you know where it's like yo Pierre can you come out here and recorded that and the mixing engineer having a conversation then left it inside the recording because all the ad-libs are just like straight up conversations and just like separate sentences literally you're starting to describe these things and because you're talking about shrinking them i'm just imagining that one spongebob episode where he's inside and he's friends with like the penny and the kleenex (laughs) that's literally what this album is honestly um so yeah it's pretty like weird like stuff like he just sings atonal and it's on purpose (laughs) like that happens but some of the instrumentals are really really cool like watermelon booty is sick (laughs) chili dog is also really cool um it has this like breakdown thing in the middle and like that's when the beat really like is sick um and then double dare or soapy anthem (laughs) it's pretty good too so yeah i feel like there were some interesting songs on it i decided that i like tisa korean collaborations just to have like one normal person to just mellow it all out (laughs) like I love the raw energy but I also like you know enjoy it and responsibly you know (laughs) do that um okay so yeah last album for a hot second E40 released a 90 minute long 20 something song album called practice makes paper always with the good advice dropping gems on him um yeah so it's i think his 28th studio album or at least like he said 28 studio album strong three decades i'm still relevant so i'm just taking his word for it um and i really really liked it like it was a long album but i enjoyed all of it except for one question it's without question the worst song on the album by like multiple (laughs) standard deviations and i was like why is this song being so like weirdly sexual and then rick ross showed up and i was like okay (laughs) i like okay like there's rick ross's voice and that's rick ross's vibe and then jeremiah showed up and i was like well you know i guess if we're here and we're doing this, you know, why not invite our friend Jeremiah to the party? And then Chris Brown showed up and I was like, this is so unnecessary. Like, why would we do this when we have Jeremiah? You know, like, yeah, we have the technology. Jeremiah can harmonize with himself. You know, we we have that ability in 2019. 
So, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. It was fine. It was saved by the E40 line. Some shit about going to lunch at Nobu. Um, but you on your vegetarian shit, so I ordered tofu. <laughs> Rhymed Nobu with tofu. I forget what the first line was, but the point is that tofu. Um, in any case, my favorites were probably Don't At Me, Rain On My Parade, Stayed Down, and Blossom actually had really fresh production. And then Surroundings, Wake They Shit Up, great intro. Like, did you listen to that, like, first song? Mm-hmm. Like, I just love... It was the perfect hook where it just, like, it doesn't really rhyme, and it's just, like, way too many syllables. It's like, that's how you know you're listening to an E-40 album. <laughs> like, this is amazing. And OMB Peasy was on two songs, and they were, like, my favorite songs. Like, OMB Peasy really, like, pulled weight and more on this album, and I feel like that's a really strong statement for an E-40 project. Like, you need to be, like, bringing your your best mm-hmm. to really be present. Like G-Eazy, for example, this is not G-Eazy's first E-40 collaboration, but I feel like G-Eazy like, tried to kind of do that like drawl, enunciated like E-40 flow and with varying success. It's like I know what G-Eazy's flow sounds like, so I knew that was not like the norm, and so maybe that like played into it, but, you know, it's fine. Um, also, Bet You Didn't Know, the most amazing song to ever <laughs> be a song. And, like, the rest of the album is, like, hyphy as fuck. So it's, like, this when this song starts, you're already, like, what is this? <laughs> Bet you didn't know in California you can vote if you ain't on parole no more. It's, like, that's good to know. Bet you didn't know if you got a drop of African blood, you black. You can bring your own bottle of wine and pay the corkish fee in the restaurant. Damn. Interesting. <laughs> okay. You can have your own wine locker and don't have to pay the corkish fee in a restaurant. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One word that means two things is a double entendre. Yeah. Yeah, oh it God. is. Okay, everyone. Two words that mean one thing is a synonym. I love how he's like, synonym. <laughs> and then it like echoes it. Yeah. In a human body. Oh, my God. Okay, hold on. Then the chorus. Teach, teach, teach. Drop jams on him. Drop jams. Also, Facts Not Fiction, which is literally the very next song, is, like, about all of these black inventors. And it talks about, like, George Washington Carver. He's like, George Washington Carver invented the peanuts something something. Like, have you ever had a sandwich called PB&J? It's like, thank you. The Proud family will never let me forget that. (laughs) Like, I know. Oh, my God. (laughs) Stop. Um, So, yeah, obviously there's a bunch of, like, amazing lines. But I have to shout out the best feature line. Um, LaRue, longtime E40 collaborator, has a verse in I don't like, and it's, um, they basically, like, take turns saying things that they don't like. And LaRue comes in and is like, I don't like the temperature, I'm gonna go adjust the dial. It's like, oh, great. Solution-oriented. And then goes, there's enough for everybody, Golden Corral. (laughs) Like, oh, okay. And I feel like E40 is pretty famous for, like, just outlandish references, But, like, Golden Corral really just, like, hit me out of nowhere. (laughs) It's like, okay, sounds good. Um, Okay, but on the real, though, I feel like this album, it does cover a lot of ground. It talks about, like, being searched at higher rates due to, like, policing and how, like, the system is set up for people of color, like, to fail and all of this stuff. There's a line where it's, like, sorrow and hurt, mama's cry on the phone, face on a shirt they can't afford a tombstone. And I was like, damn, like, that is very real. Yeah. Um, that said, it's definitely not his most woke album yet, just because like he does have a few lines where he's like all about my business like 
Jewish people, and he's referenced. He's made that. He's like done that a, a few other times in his previous albums. Yeah. So not only is it not original for E40, but it's also like deeply problematic. Um, and then he also says like something about like boys, girls, something, something, and then a fun transgender slur which you don't love to see. Yeah. So, yeah. That was a little disappointing. There's a, there's room to grow. Yeah. He is 50 years old, and so, like, if he's in the game for this long, he'll probably put out another album, and, like, maybe it'll be improved from that. Yeah. I feel like I should mention it. I don't know. Like, yeah, no. given that, you I know, agree. our normal content is, But like, honestly, okay, he collabs with Ryan Hemsworth. That's kind of, like, uh, enough of, like, an out of whatever that like i feel like he has the potential to also like learn about trans people and become like not yeah like it wasn't like that but obviously it was pretty bad but you know yeah you know it's like hopefully he learns from it but anyways uh, um yeah on the plus side he has an "Ooh, i love my wife song at the end (laughs) it's called my everything um but yeah ups and downs let's talk about more some more wholesome shit okay um Okay, so Pretty, P-R-I-T-T-Y, um, has a new song, Girls and Girls, which is produced by Dylan Brady. I know, there's never going to be an episode where I don't, where Dylan Brady doesn't show up at some point. Um, okay. So, anyways, I just think that the song is actually really cute and, like, surprisingly very wholesome. And the reason why I say surprising is because this, I think, is, like, one of the first songs that I've ever listened to that's, like about a cis man being attracted to women that, like, I haven't been like, this sounds gross. <laughs> Rude. Because, like, it's They're not all sweet. gross. I mean, listen to the Chance the Rapper album. Holy shit. That's about a specific woman. Okay. I love all my girls, yes. I could go all day just thinking about them and all day curves and curls. I'm in love with girls and girls. I love this is all cute. my girls, yes. Yeah. Girls and girls. I also just want to highlight this one line, which actually, like, kind of solidifies the wholesomeness for me. This is like a light touch, Dylan Brady. I know. She every woman so That's really cute. And if you miss it, it was I ain't trying to put no ring on it, and she loves girls too, so she understand that every woman is so priceless. Yeah. So like, I literally was fully listening to this song, being like, and she loves girls too, and I was like, I'm ready, I'm ready for it to be bad, and it was like, so she understands that every woman is priceless, and yeah. I was like, I feel like Thank normally you. it's like, and she loves girls too, so. We gonna have a threesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, wow, the first like thing about like being attracted to a woman who's also attracted to women and like not being like gross I about love that. it. That's amazing. Um, okay, so on a similar vibe, I mean, it's not like that similarly wholesome, but like the, the instrumental is yeah. similar. Um, Peachtree Rascals, don't know who they are, but now I follow them, has a song called Summer with an A and can you like help me like I know it reminds me of something but I can't um figure out like what it is so we're gonna figure it out live on the air <laughs> okay it's really like in the hook and the verse like this is the this is the verse but it's in like the next part that I feel like it reminds me of stuff like is it like Joji like what is this remind this 
like what you know what I'm talking about like what does this remind me of it's something that you've played before but I can't think about it is it Runaway that AO Beats like produced song maybe it's either that or it does kind of sound a little like Joji Rich Bryany yeah like in but like only the 88 Rising shit yeah so I don't know so I really liked it I felt like it was just like fun and well produced and there was not a part where I was like oh I wish that part wasn't in there you know it's just it's good, okay? Yeah. So that's what I have to say about it. Oh, and then I'm also going to play another song. Um, Hermitude has a song with BJ the Chicago Kid, amazing, and Buddy, also amazing. And I didn't even realize that they like knew each other and were friends, but they obviously are because they created such beautiful art together, and I would love <laughs> to share it with you right now. This definitely feels like a buddy-ish thing for him to be on. That's so interesting because I feel like the stuff that I've heard Hermitude make, I'm just so like, I lean towards being like, yeah, Hermitude, this is it, you know? But as we've said before, Buddy steals the show of everything that Buddy is on. And so... It reminds me of like some of the songs on that album, like the bonus bonus tracks. Yeah, that's true. I'm looking better than I normally do, right? I know. Okay, so this part is like fine, but just just wait. I ain't mean to keep you waiting. Passionate sex, they should give me with the text like one, four, three. I'll let me baby. And then you're like, what that baseline? I love these little like high notes. Yeah, it's so good. Like, I feel like no matter what you focus on, like if you're thinking about BJ the Chicago, if you're thinking about the buddy part, if you're listening to the leaps and the bass, everything is cool. See, like, that's so fun. And they, like, all meld so well together. It's not like, oh, there's Hermitude and, like, Hermitude's vocalist. Like, it's very much when each person is is doing their thing, you're like, there's that person and it's enjoyable. Yeah. It's so good. I just, I did not see the part where it's like one, four, three, and then it, like, breaks down. Turn up. (laughs) That's all I have to say for that. Um, Okay, what else? Oh, Daydream Mossy is like super fun, Laven Cali, Daft Punk, slow ridey future bass. Did you get that? Yes. I don't think you got it. <laughs> Are you going to treat me like I'm like a waiter? Can you say it back to me? Um, okay, but I don't really know how to describe it. It's very like chill, mellow, floaty vibes. Like it really does almost have like a future bass kind of quality to it. And now this whole album is out. Like, Daydream Massey is the artist, and now there's, like, a whole project. And I feel like Stardust was one of the singles leading up to it, and then it was really, really good, but then I just didn't really know how to describe it, so then I was like, oh, like, I don't know, like, whatever, I'll just, like, wait, I don't know. But now it's, the whole thing is out, and I definitely should have talked about Stardust, and I'm a fool for not telling you all, and I'm really sorry, and so now here's the album ready (laughs) for you to enjoy, and yeah, that's it. You should go listen to it. (laughs) Wow, okay. There's um, just been so many albums. Like Cuco also has an album. That's true. Yeah, that's which true. I guess I should, we'll talk about now. <laughs> Transition. Um, but <laughs> yeah, so Cuco has an album and it's not, it's like kind of like a chill, ethereal exploration of the feeling of not really knowing what your next move is. But if you turned it into like a psychedelic, fun indie electronic robot thing (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah that's what it is if you've listened to the album then you know that like that's kind of like what it is there's like a lot of like weird 
robot interludes. Like the intro, it starts out where it's. What do like, you mean by robot interludes? Hold on. Does Wally show up? Like, like what are you yes. talking about? <laughs> yes, like that. Or this. <laughs> and then this is the intro. Warning! Warning! Another sighting for the full final Saka level Sita! This yeah. Anyways. Oh, and then this is Ego Death in Thailand. Yeah, so do you see what I'm saying? Okay. So, yeah. I mean, I actually really like it because at the end of the intro, the little robot is like, but the question remains, where is this fool going? And I feel like that encompasses the album, but because he knows he doesn't know where he's going, it kind of, like, makes it more okay. Yeah. And I feel like you have to be kind of careful when you have, like, spoken interludes because, at least for me, it's kind of like, all right, why is this spoken? Is this something that you feel, like, doesn't come across in the actual songs? Or, like, is this adding to a story that you wouldn't otherwise communicate in the songs? You know, it's like, Mm -hmm, if you're mm -hmm. a musical artist, like, you know, it's nice to have a good reason for, like, the medium switch and stuff. And I feel like this actually did a good job of making sure that, you know, you understand that Kuko understands that this is not about, like, 100% knowing, like, what's going on. Yeah. And I feel like that is a really interesting contrast to the Rich Brian album, which I'm going to, like, get more in depth with, like, literally right after this. But I feel like that album tries to know where it's going, like, has lofty expectations for itself. And so it kind of, like, when when he doesn't know where he's going, because he's, like, 19 or something, it, like, sounds weird you know it sounds like he's like trying too hard to know where he's going Mm -hmm. contrasted with the this kuko album which is like has a similar like you know we're young we don't know but it knows that it doesn't know which i like so yeah if you want to feel like a lost indie robot (laughs) listen to it (laughs) yep that Um, feeling that everyone gets sometimes (laughs) um okay but the rich brian i do want to get more into that i feel like the album was good like, we talked about Kids and Yellow and how he was going to, like, bridge that gap. Hilarious, because those two songs are right next to each other in the album. So I was like, oh, Ooh. you could just play them one right after another. I guess you can do that. <laughs> um, but I feel like he talks about how he's, like, trying to write an album that's going to, like, stand the test of time and, like, all this stuff and, like, really knows, like, what what's going on and, like, has arrived and blah, blah, blah. But the problem is, like, he is still really young. Yeah. Like he is kind of immature. Like I and that's fine. Like it's fine to not be mature. Like he isn't young. But like for example, Vacant, it just is not a it's not a good song. There's a line where it's like now you don't trust anything I say unless you see it. Tears on your face. I'm trying to give you all my Kleenex, whatever. No, it ain't my fault he dipped. No, it ain't my fault he cheated. Why you say that I got secrets while well, I'm here trying to make breakfast? What do you think? Whatever. And it's like, okay, well, you just said like she has like emotional baggage, so I don't know why you're like shocked that she like has trust issues and then he's like no I'm not thinking about leaving but if you ask just a couple more times I just might and it's like uh, great response bruh like yeah I I don't know it's yeah like you're 19 you don't understand it takes time to recover from like a fucked up relationship wait he's younger than me I don't know how old I just I may have made that up I think he says he's 19 at some point but hold on Oh, he is 19. He's born in 99. Dang. That okay. really just fucked me up. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like when he says things like, oh, yeah, if this is going to last test of time, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, let me tell you one thing that ain't going to age well. This conversation that you put in your song. Yeah. 
and that's fine. That's okay. Wow. You know, that's I fine. actually feel so much like I that whole thing really put me into put this whole thing into perspective for me. Yeah. Like the fact that I was like listening to some of these songs and being like, Ugh, why did you have to say that? But when it's he says, like bone appetite. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like and then I was like now I'm like, oh, it's like you're like a freshman. Yeah. Duh. So it's fine. And there are some great songs on here. Like Curious is very cute and has like a nice like orchestral touch. It's very like Igor light. And I mean that in a really good way. You know, huh. like Tyler, the creator, y- y'all know how long it's taken to get to Igor. You know, that whole trajectory. Love that and it, album. Like Curious's perks are very like Igor and there's some guitar it's like there's some picked guitar so it has like almost like a queen yeah vibe and he's actually pretty Rich Brian is a pretty decent singer also yeah. so I was like dang like good for you yeah um so like honestly there there were a lot of moments that I did enjoy and for a first start I feel like it's really not bad at all like he just needs time to mature and that's okay exactly I I agree with that like I really liked 100 degrees I thought that that like that hook was like super catchy and the production was really nice like I mean it's fine I think he just needs to be like honest with himself about like where he's at because Mm -hmm. like there's a line where he says and part of me wants to be good but part of me wants to go outside and fuck these hoes (laughs) heh heh these silly hoes and like (laughs) like I'm sorry like how much experience like it sounds silly you know and he's like (laughs) these silly hoes it's like you are a baby (laughs) <laughs> like if yeah. you I, it just sounds like he's trying really hard yeah and maybe he has like fucked a lot of silly hoes like i don't know but the way that the production like the emotional depth like it comes across as that yeah you know yeah um but i i love a joji feature so that <laughs> joji's on that song so yeah we're into it um but yeah it's a good start we're just you know He's got it. He's done like some introspection, but he's got to like introspect that introspection as yeah. well. So, yeah. Um, what else is it? Still, okay, I've just accepted that this is like gonna be a two-part episode. So, playing you out. See you in a bit. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter. All that stuff. Full Metal Alchemist. Full Metal Alchemist.